IU basketball has a new premier opponent on the schedule next season in Kansas. We'll replace the Crossroads Classic, plus some questions about IU basketball uh, we'll discuss today, as well as looking at even more action from the IU football team, our coaching staff, and the recruiting trail today. A ton to cover with Jared on today's episode. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Wednesday, December 15th. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU news, uh, analysis, reaction, everything as we try to keep up with everything going on this week, I thought it was going to be a slow week, uh, but shout out to the football team for just constantly keeping me on my toes, uh, watching Twitter feeds as Tom Allen tweets the same gif over and over as he lands a recruit. Uh, thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Remember that Locked on Hoosiers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, at Locked On Hoosiers. I'm your host as always, Jacob. Joining me uh, as he does basically every week is Jared. Bud, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm ready to get into the nitty gritty of it all. Uh, excited about the state of IU sports today. That's That feels, feels like more and more of a rarity these days, but a, we'll take a positive day when we can get one. It's been a couple positive days in a row. Before we jump into it, as always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts at. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers and on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. We'll start with the basketball news because uh, to me that was more exciting and it might have been the first news of the day. For those that might have missed it on Tuesday, IU and Kansas agreed to a home and home series starting next year. Uh, they'll play at Kansas on Saturday, December 17th, 2022, and then in Assembly Hall, Saturday, December 16th in 2023. Uh, not an opponent I expected to schedule a home-and-home home with, but uh, what was your reaction when you saw that this morning? I was excited. I, I, first off, always love getting a new a new marquee opponent on the schedule. I mean, I think that can't be underrated. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be awesome to watch us, you know, go – go play rock chalk. Uh, I, I don't think that'll go very well next year, but in 2023 in the hall, I'm really, that's what I'm more looking forward to. But uh, no, I, it, this is a no downside move, um, especially considering uh, w- w- it's replacing the Crossroads Classic, correct? Yeah, that's so, it, it would be this weekend uh, next year, basically. And the Crossroads is obviously coming up this weekend. Yeah, so I mean, look, it's... It, it's a it's a no loss move, you know. You lose, you lose to Kansas. I mean, it is what it is. We wouldn't be the first. We won't be the last team to lose to Kansas. Um, and if we win, it's a great win on the schedule. I mean, there's look. Would you rather, you know, would you rather go into a likely stress free game against Kansas, or would you rather start? sweating out you know are we going to beat butler are we going to beat notre dame how does the immediately wondering how this affects your you know our rpi and our chances moving forward and how we think this how good or bad this loss will reflect at the end of the year i'm sick and tired of of 
of paying attention to Butler and Notre Dame scores every single year. I, I really, <laughs> I, I can't keep track of their schedules too. It's, it's exhausting. And I can't, I can't get behind watching Notre Dame lose to a distinctly average Clemson or Miami or NC state team and be like, Oh, well, this doesn't look good for the Hoosiers. <laughs> I, I'm tired of that. So I'm happy that it, I'm happy that it's a, a real opponent, that it's a marquee opponent in Kansas and that I don't have to monitor Butler and Notre Dame schedules anymore. That that excites me more than anything else. Big shout out on that one. We'll talk about the crossroads here in a minute because it is pretty much officially gone. I don't. I still don't think they've officially announced it's over, but this one is the nail in the coffin. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to get to watch IU and Kansas. Uh, like you said, it's a new team. It's not a team we play very often, really. Um, Though, do you remember the last matchup between the two? I'm sure you do. Oof. It I wasn't long imagine. ago, and it had a lot of familiar players. 2016, uh, November of 2016, in Honolulu, IU won 103.99. Uh, that was James Blackman, OG Ananobi, Josh Newkirk, Thomas Bryant, and Robert Johnson, Juwan Morgan off the bench against a loaded Kansas team. Frank Mason, Devontae Graham, Josh Jackson, Svee Mikhailuk off the bench. Uh, mm-hmm. Hoosiers win that one. OG put the clamps on Josh Jackson, which uh, in hindsight wasn't as big of a deal as we <laughs> thought it was. Um, it's, it's, it's good for college. We could ignore the pro. We could ignore the pros. He was a hell of a college basketball player at times, though. Yeah, and... Uh, that was a good win for the Hoosiers back then. Uh, unfortunately, very little of that season went according to plan after that. Some injuries. OG obviously went down midseason there, and that season got totally derailed about midway through it. So uh, that was the last meeting. Before that, they had not played since 1995. So uh, for the old-timers, I'm sure that they will love this rivalry. Uh, As you said, as I said, this replaces a Crossroads Classic. The writing's been on the wall for a long time. Uh, Was it ever, was this Crossroads Classic ever really worth it? Um, This is going to sound like, this is going to sound like the most hoity-toity attitude of all time, but I think it mattered more to Notre Dame and Butler than it did to us. Um, I think having an IU wit a win against IU means more to them than having a win against Notre Dame and Butler means to us. And I'm not really sure that that gap is very close Um, with the exception of the, you know, year or two, you know, every couple of years when Butler would, you know, be ranked or like 20th, 21st at this point in the season. Um, So it matters. I think it it matters more to them than it does to us. Um, I don't really think that we're losing much other than, an interstate rivalry, which I, I even hesitate to call it that. I mean, it's it's not even a matchup where the announcers would go, "There's no love lost between these teams." <laughs> there, there was there was a lot of love lost, so there was not a it, it was not really a rivalry. I don't really feel like we're losing a rivalry. I'm sure when it you know, I'm sure when we do lose it, it'll there will be some sentiment towards it. Um, 
but I, I I don't think that we're really losing much. I would much rather this than than that. I would much rather play a Kansas, a Kentucky, a anybody, a, a major program than than have to do the Crossroads Classic again. On paper, for a brief while, it made sense. Um, when it first started, it made sense because Butler was coming off a couple national championship appearances. Obviously, IU and Purdue were historically always going to be good. Notre Dame kind of has its ups and downs, but it never really mattered, basically. IU went 7-3 and in the not counting this weekend, obviously, in it. The most wins of anybody. uh, At worst, they will finish tied with the most wins. They pretty much carried this thing. I've kind of talked about this. Um, They... It was always IU fans who filled out most of Conseco, Gainbridge, whatever it whatever it is now, uh, or whatever it was. Uh, they always uh, filled that place up. And as you said, the the wins over IU mattered uh, more than IU's wins over Notre Dame or Butler. And I think, with very few exceptions, that was the case. So. Um, if, if they want to continue the rivalry, it, it makes more sense just to schedule those games separately. Go to Hinkle, go to, I don't even know what Notre Dame's arena is called. Um, go to those if it makes sense. I don't think it really does. Uh, but yeah, I'm 100% in favor of um, getting rid of the crossroads, scheduling games like this, schedule a different kind of crossroads classic-esque type of thing. I I saw a while ago, and maybe someone can tweet at me or tweet at the account and uh, and share the tweet. But there was something about IU, I believe, playing in New York. I thought it was like Louisville, uh, a couple other teams, stuff like that. Their kind of version of the Michigan State, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky thing. Their kind of version of that early in the season. Those make a lot more sense than continuing the Crossroads Classic. So. Goodbye to that. I won't particularly miss it. <laughs> and uh, and hello to a tougher schedule. That's what Mike Woodson wanted. Quickly, uh, is there anyone else, if Woodson is beefing up the schedule, anyone specifically, maybe the non-Kentucky answer, because I think we both want Kentucky back on the schedule. Is there anyone you would want uh, to also add to the schedule moving forward? We want Kentucky. Kentucky doesn't want us. <laughs> yes, um, very, very true. Uh, not in particular. I think, I think similar level programs would be good if you can get, you know, hypothetically, if you can get a Texas, maybe, um, you know, Pac-12 doesn't really do anything for me. If you want to throw out UCLA for the blue blood kind of banter, then sure. Um I could even go for a team like honestly the way to stick it to Kentucky is to schedule Louisville. That's, yeah, that's, that's what, what you I was need. thinking. You gotta, is you got to schedule Louisville and really stick it to Calipari. Um, so that that's kind of my thoughts on if we were to do something like that. I don't know. I, I think teams like that could be could be a little bit fun. You mentioned the two that I was thinking UCLA would be fun for the reasons you said. Seems like UCLA's turned things around as well. Hopefully the Hoosiers can get back near that level and that'd be a really fun game the steve alford bowl i guess uh and then 
yeah, maybe Louisville would be interesting. They've played that a couple times. Uh, just not really. I'm not interested in seeing anyone in like the ACC because we we've played most of those teams regularly anyway, to some capacity. Anybody outside of Kentucky and the SEC is kind of a crapshoot. Uh, nobody's really established. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of competitive games against Arkansas. Please never schedule Arkansas. <laughs> I'm tired of the Razorbacks. Yeah, so UCLA would be fun. Texas, if they can get uh, competitive again. Teams like that, I am I am down for. But Kansas is a lot of fun. Excited for that series. We have there's some there's some questions about this current iteration of IU's team. We talked about what's in store next year. We're going to look at some of the things uh, going on with this IU team now that we have a a pretty good sample size on hand uh, of what to expect with this team. Before we jump into that, though, uh, I've been telling you guys about Prize Picks, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you guys waiting for? In addition to the college football action, Prize Picks makes college basketball more exciting. They're the day they're leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more football and basketball props than anyone in the world ranging from your star players on your power fives to mid-major guys you haven't even heard of. When it comes to basketball, they have any prop you can think of from points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made, uh, and much more. And the the big thing for you guys is they want to give you free money. All you have to do is head on over, make a deposit using promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's really simple. You just pick two to five players, pick the over-under on their projections, and went up to 10 times your entry. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com. Use that promo code locked on to get your free money. Go to the app store, download the app today. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. So this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can Automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Make sure you guys check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. We have local experts, betting advice, draft analysis. Everything you need, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. IU is not going to have to worry about <laughs> college football playoff anytime soon. This is uh, this is basketball season right now. Jared, we have, like I said, a pretty good sample size of this IU team, 10 games into the season. To you, what is the ceiling of this IU basketball team? <sighs> I think the ceiling is 
a tournament team. The, the issue with putting a ceiling on this team really is that if you get in the dance and you defend the way that we've seen this team capable of defending, I mean, anything can happen. I, I, truly, anything can happen. But, it, you know, if you, I, I would say the ceiling is probably a tournament team roundabout, you know, maybe like an eight seed, hypothetically, eight, nine seed. Um, it, it, it's only going to go how far, how far Trace takes us. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's it at the end of the day. It's going to be how far Trace takes us and, and they get stability at the point guard position, which we're going to talk about shortly. Um, I, so I would say, I would say tournament team, and then probably get knocked out the round of thirty-two by the one seed. Uh, that would be that. That feels like a good. That feel that feels like a good season. It feels like a very good season. I would. I'm, if you told me two months ago, you know, would you sign up to make the NCAA tournament and get your butt whooped in the second round by by this Kansas team that you're going to play next year? And I, I would sign up. I would sign up for it any day of the week. So. I don't think much has changed, and I don't think our, our fan base's expectations, especially given that we know we know how unpredictable and the Big Ten play can be, and we know any team in the middle of the Big Ten season need to go on an eight-game winning streak and look like a world beater or get their butts whipped by Northwestern and have a letdown against Rutgers and have a letdown against any – have a have a near win against Nebraska, and you're like, oh god, this team isn't a tournament. <laughs> it's, it's it's a little bit of a cop out answer, but I I think that's where I stand. What about you? Uh, a tournament team is where. See, I don't know. It, it depends. Right now, I would not say they're a Sweet 16 team because if they made the tournament right now, as you said, they'd be an eight or nine seed. And while this team is really good, I do not think they are um, beat a number one seed good right now. Although defensively, uh, I could see them hanging with the team. But I looked at—I I haven't looked at any kind of bracketology this season. While you were talking, I pulled up Joe Lenardi's bracketology. He has the Hoosiers as a nine seed uh, facing Texas Tech, the Bobby Knight Bowl, uh, in the first round, and then. The winner would face Duke. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> there is very few players who, very few teams, I should say, that we will play the rest of the season where Trace is not the best player on the floor. Duke would be one of them, um, but it that that right there, I it would be a really tough ask, obviously, to beat a one seed, but I can see us improving to somewhere like a a four, five, maybe not a four, four is pretty high, maybe like a five, six, seven seed, somewhere around there. And then you're, you're needing to only beat a four seed or a three seed. And and that feels potentially doable. But as you said, there's still, it's still hard to really get a feel for this team, for what they are. There have been such different kind of versions of this team. There were, elite defensively for a while then they went out and scored uh 200 points in two games against Marshall and Syracuse uh and then again they've looked pretty elite defensively there was the Wisconsin game where the high and low was in two separate halves um what Wisconsin game 
Yeah, I don't remember. Fair. I don't. I don't remember a Wisconsin game. I remember a first half. I don't. I don't remember what happened after that. But I remember there was a good half. I blacked out after that. That's fair. Um, you mentioned. I think this team, as good as Trace is, uh, and he's going to carry us a long way, no matter what happens. The ceiling of this team depends on the point guard play. Xavier Johnson. And we'll start with him because he's pretty clearly the starter. What have been your thoughts on him through these first 10 games? Because, again, we've seen some highs and we've seen some really low lows in that mysterious second half of the Wisconsin game that apparently happened. Yeah, um, I, I like Xavier. I like him a lot. Um, Mike Woodson basically said it way better than I could. Um, he's got to learn when he's hot and he's got to learn when he's not. Um, it's very... It's a tough adjustment for these kids. I mean, how old is Xavier? What is what is he? He's a he's a junior. He's a junior. So look, it's hard for these kids, you know. And he is still a kid. I don't care that he's a junior. He's still a kid. You know, he's going a senior, from the actually. School. He played three years at Pitt. Still a kid. Don't care. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it's it, it's tough for it's tough for these kids to have that sort of adjustment where, you know, when they're playing in high school, even and their first couple of years, you know. They're just used to being so talented that they can kind of just shoot themselves out of a funk. And that's just not how it works. And you can do that in high school. You can do that in the pros. You can't do that in, in college basketball, um, especially when the stakes are this high. And, you know, he's just got to learn to reel it in a little bit. And that's just part of being, you know, look, again, three years at Pitt, now playing at IU. So, you know, he's learning. A new, him along with everyone else is learning a new team, but especially he's got to unlearn everything he learned at Pitt and then relearn the offense. So I I like him. I like what he brings to the table. I think it's just a matter of trying to get him, like what he said, to sort of reel it in when he doesn't have it and sort of and play the passing game and defer to his teammates. I think if you can do that, I think you've got a, a hell of a, a hell of a player on your hands this year. He's also never played with anybody like Trace Jackson Davis either, which is an adjustment yeah. for uh, everybody. Um, but, yeah, as as we saw, I think that Wisconsin game is going to be kind of a, a sticking point for a lot of people for a while just because of how badly things went in that second half and how – I don't. Even, it's not even fair to say he was at the center of it because it was just a complete team-wide meltdown. But right. late in the game, he was the one taking the shots, and you become kind of a lightning rod when that happens. And those are the moments when you need your point guard to figure out a way to get Trace the ball and let him make a play. And um, so you can see where he needs to figure some things out. But I would also say the first half of that game, he was immense and he was doing everything, doing a bit of everything. He almost had a triple double in that game in the first half. Um, and that's just kind of the impact he can have when I use Ben at its best this season. It's almost always been because Xavier Johnson's playing well. So as frustrating as things were uh, in that Wisconsin game, at times he's gotten himself into foul trouble. A lot of times he's gotten himself into foul trouble. When he's able to stay on the court and stay kind of composed, 
he's the, this IU team's looked really good with him at the helm. The other big question is what's going on behind him because um, it's been an interesting debate and one that is uh, becoming more and more of a debate, I think, between Rob Finnessy and Christian Lander. Finnessy came in uh, anchoring down that sixth man spot, not even the backup point guard spot. But on Sunday, he was no longer the first guy off the bench. I don't know if that was a matter of matchup. Uh, I don't know how much you can read into that. But Finnessy has not been playing particularly well this season. And you have a guy in Christian Lander who was a five-star recruit that isn't getting playing time because of Finnessy. As it stands with the rotation uh, Mike Woodson is using, seems like only one of those guys is going to get minutes. Where do you kind of stand on Finnessy versus Lander? I don't. I wish it wasn't an either-or, but right now it kind of has to be. Do you have a preference over one over the one over the other right now? Not right now. I'm. I've been a big Rob Finnessy advocate for since since before he stepped on campus. I thought he was going to be the next, you know, the next big IU point guard. Obviously, he never developed that way. Um, I I think Lander has shown a little bit more. I, I just think he has. I still don't think that. Finnessy has the trust of the coaching staff. I don't think that he's shown enough to earn that trust. Um, he shows it in spurts and waves every now and again, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't trust him. So I would lean Christian. I don't feel great about either option, which sucks because those are two guys that I had really high hopes for in the sense that I thought we'd be able to rely on both of them. And it's clearly, clearly not the case. So if I had to choose, I'd choose Christian, but, um, not not feeling great about either pick, honestly. I think the big knock on Lander and what's kind of gotten him in the doghouse has been the turnovers. Per 40 minutes, uh, he is averaging 6.4 turnovers. Uh, it's a bit of boom or bust with him. Uh, he goes for the home run play maybe a little too much at times. And just in a, a general carelessness uh, as well with the ball. I would imagine, like I said, that is what got him into the doghouse. But Finnessy hasn't really seized things. I thought Lander played well when Finnessy was originally out with the injury. Um, Finnessy, I thought, played well in that Syracuse game when he was forced into the game late with really no warm-up at all. It was 39 minutes of sitting, and then you play the final minute, and both overtimes I thought he played well. So... I'm interested to see what they do moving forward. He, it's been a question Mike Woodson's been asked many times. Uh, he thought Lander played well against Merrimack on Sunday in his minutes. Um, we'll see. It's an interesting debate right now. Uh, but the point guard position, like I said, I think is going to determine a lot with how far this team goes. The guard play in general, but I think we've seen from – Parker Stewart and Tamar Bates, the kind of the shooting guard, the wing is a little more steady right now than the point guard position has been. That'll wrap up everything for IU basketball. There is a constant source of news for IU football uh, the last couple of days, and they were active all over the place again, as well as Michael Penix finding a new home with a familiar face. 
before we talk about everything with the football team, Bet Online had you guys covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.com, where the game starts. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat while staying high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. If you're friends with Santa, we'll tell him to throw a few Built Bars into your stocking with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. If you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on the Built Bar Puffs. They're light and fluffy and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, taste so good you won't believe they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order today. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's wrap up here with some IU football, IU football adjacent news. Uh, Michael Penix, as I said, finds a new home. He will play at Washington next season. Uh, That is where Kalen DeBoer is head coach. He was just announced this offseason as well. Uh, in hindsight, not a surprising move. Not I just hadn't really thought about where Penix would go. Uh, does this make Washington must-watch for Hoosier fans next year now? Why not? You know, why not? Uh, you know, I, I, I use usually done and dusted by about 4 o'clock Eastern time. Washington <laughs> usually doesn't kick off until probably 7 to 9 at night. So no conflict of interest, no conflict of time, If you know. Why? Why not? Why not? Let's go. Let's go, Huskies. That's what I've always said. I've always been a staunch Husky supporter, lifelong Huskies fan, indeed. Uh, <laughs> so, best of luck to Penix and DeBoer. I'm absolutely going to be tuning in. Hopefully, he's a part of some wild Pac-12 after dark moments. Uh, IU continues to be active on the recruiting trail. Uh, Brody Foley. Uh, they flipped from Tennessee to Indiana. A tight end who uh, adds to this stellar recruiting class. Uh, Obviously, Wednesday is early signing day, national signing day, and the Hoosiers are almost certainly going to have a top 25 class um, by the end of that. Uh, 247 Sports has them all the way up to 18 today, so they are killing things on the recruiting trail. Uh, that isn't the only place they're staying active. There's a couple different uh, transfers that they have offered, and you will notice a common thing between them. Uh, Just Marshall is from Louisville, a wide receiver that they uh, that the Hoosiers offered. Uh, the other one is Cam Camper, who committed to IU. He is a wide receiver transfer from Trinity Valley Community College. Number 25 overall JUCO transfer, the number two wide receiver. He had 50 catches for 858 yards and four touchdowns in 10 games. 
across two seasons at Trinity Valley, and he was named the named to the Southwest Junior College Football Conference All Conference first team. That's a mouthful. Uh, are you surprised that the Hoosiers are targeting so many wide receivers? Did did you not watch this season? <laughs> it, it was a softball <laughs> question. I knew where you were going with it. I know. Yeah. Uh, no, I am not surprised. Uh, I am surprised that they landed a top tier. Oh, I'll say top tier tight end. What was he? 12th ranked tight end in the country. Yeah, he is uh, the number six recruit for the Hoosiers in terms of ranking. Uh, but yeah, he was a very good tight end that the Hoosiers have landed uh, based on two, four sevens rankings. He is a four star tight end. That was number 12 in the country, as you said. Uh, the composite rankings, which are just uh, just that, a composite of all the kind of public rankings, a little bit harsher. It's three stars. He's the number 26 recruit. Still, yeah, I would classify him as a top-tier tight end and somebody that they were able to flip kind of last minute from Tennessee. So, uh, yeah. I mean, some- I mean, look, what did we talk about all season long? What do we complain about all season long? Complain about how they use Peyton Hendershot. How often they use Peyton Hendershot, complain about wide receivers dropping passes. The two things that we just talked about on and on and on, talked your ear off, you talked my ear off. I mean, so no, it's not surprising. And look, they have a young quarterback that they clearly believe in. You know, whether that belief is misplaced or not is irrelevant at this stage. Um, but they but they believe in him and they want to surround him with weapons and not just weapons, you know, but so these, these guys are transfers. They're experienced they're experienced college players. I mean, they're going to come in and they're going to make an immediate impact. Uh, add on top of that, a top 25 likely recruiting class. And I mean, it's no surprise. It's no surprise that this is the angle that they've went. And the offense was so broken this year. I don't think that, you know, credit to Tom Allen, you know, when you see something's broken, you got to go fix it. And he didn't sit on his haunches. He didn't try to talk up any of the guys on the roster. He said, no, we're going to go out. And we're going to fix this problem. Um, also did it with the offensive coordinator position. And look, whether whether he's the guy or not is, again, a debate that will certainly be contested, I'm sure, at least until the start of college football season. But look, he, he went out, he identified a problem, then he went to go fix it. And that's, you know, that's the job of a college football head coach. And you know, got to give them credit where credit's due. There's some really big shoes that uh, will have to be filled because Peyton Hendershot's probably the best tight end IU's ever had. Uh, actually, I, remove the probably. He's the best tight end the Hoosiers have ever had. And so Brody Foley is going to have some some big shoes to fill. Hendershot will be uh, playing, since you mentioned him, the NFL PA Bowl in Pasadena. I think there's a pretty decent shot he will go in the NFL draft. Uh, if he doesn't go in the draft, he'll be picked up by somebody because he's really good. And as we mentioned all year, the Hoosiers probably didn't use him enough. But Indiana has one heck of a recruiting class that is the best in the the program's history by far. Uh, they did not pick up uh, Center Grove's standout. Uh, Caden Curry today, not shocking. He went to Ohio State. That would have been insane. That would have been the best recruit the program's ever had. Uh, but he was uh, an Ohio State lock by every crystal ball prediction for quite a while now. But there was hope. There was <laughs> the the one thing uh, is 
all the coaches kind of tweet these ambiguous tweets whenever they land a recruit because they can't officially acknowledge it, all that silly stuff. So they all have their gifts, their fist-pumping gifts. Tom Allen has the same one, and they've been tweeting them out so many times this week that you there's no way at all to keep track of who they're talking about. So I don't know, maybe 20 minutes before Caden Curry's announcement, they tweeted one which was about some, it might've been about Brody Foley or somebody else. It was somebody entirely different. Kept me just on my heels enough to make me think that maybe they'd pulled off something wild, but uh, they are still pulling off wild things because yeah, the Hoosiers are the 18th ranked recruiting class. It's almost certainly going to finish in the top 25 after tomorrow. Uh, We will have Zach Blackerby on the host of locked on uh, Auburn uh, for tomorrow's episode to talk about Sean Shivers and the fact that he's probably going to be the Hoosiers starting running back moving forward uh, and see what the Hoosiers have in him. That'll be exciting. I'll try to recap the signing day stuff, give you a rundown a bit of the Hoosiers recruiting class. But thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow with all that. Now for your second listen today, head on over to Locked on Bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the feedback, all the, the love you guys have given. Follow us on Twitter. If you haven't already subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review helps us out a ton. Uh, but for Jared, this is Jacob uh, wishing you guys a happy Wednesday in LEO.